Hello there. Welcome back to The Bleeding Truth. My name's Sally McNally. I'm the Irish midwife. And I'm Bridget, Sally's daughter. We're here with part two about um, my own story about having a hysterectomy. Yeah, and it's been a while, so I know the recovery has obviously gone well, but um, there's been a lot of questions about how it went. I know, and I really am grateful to all of you beautiful people who are worried about me first, um, and uh, all of you who are curious about my story in this part of my life. Um, It went really well. I'm so excited that I'm on this side of the surgery and um, now I want to tell you about it. So that if you're thinking that uh, you may need a hysterectomy for any reason, whether it's, um, you know, preventive surgery, like what mine was, or uh, maybe something more uh, serious that you already have a problem that you have to have a hysterectomy, listen carefully to my story. It's not uh, maybe as bad as you're thinking. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The first thing I wanted to say was um, why I think it's not as um, serious is that we don't need our uterus and ovaries to like stay alive. So once they're taken out, all your bodily functions like your kidneys, your bowel, uh, your circulation, your respiratory, all, all of the other parts of you works just like normal. Uh, mm-hmm. So so that that's a, a kind of a plus to that type of gynae surgery. I mean, of course, it can be painful and stressful, but uh, yeah, once, once it's out, everything else just works the same. How long did it take you to be back to normal? Well... I don't know whether it's that I'm weird or what, but I was up hiking in in the hills here in Ventura like three days later. That's wild. Yeah, three days yeah, later. Not like huge like hikes, and we went weeks, slow. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was so so good. I just took it easy, um, and we've been building back up, and now I'm back to complete normal mm-hmm. uh, activities. Yeah. Yeah. Did I you think, feel? Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say being a yogi helps a lot with that because, you know, I was uh, very mindful of my pelvic floor um, about my abdominal uh, area and the thought that something was gone now. Where does everything else go? Well, of course, it tries to settle down where it's right. Uh, so you have to be mindful of and, and uh, create a kind of a lift inside. Oh, uh, weird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I hadn't thought really about that until after when I could feel that happening, um, where all the bowel is like, hey, look, we've got all this extra space. Let's come on top of the bladder. And the bladder's like, wait a minute, give me my <laughs> space back. So it's <laughs> an interesting jostle for power and real estate inside. There. <laughs> it just sounds like the real world, too. Right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I think everything's like now in its in its rightful place now and uh, feels perfect. That's good. But let me tell you about the surgery. Like the yeah. day the day before, um, I just had a normal life, uh, then fasted, you know, from midnight. Went in early in the morning, very early. Uh, 
wonderful people there. I knew a lot of the people in the operating uh, prep area. That was so nice. One of my friends, she like greeted me. It was like, you know, hanging out with your friend. Um, <laughs> so, of course, you have to get into their the gown, the hospital gown. And uh, they don't like you to shave uh, so much as they used to in the past. Like when we're doing a cesarean section, we don't have the women shave every part of the front of their body anymore. Um, because those little wounds that can be left from the razor uh, can become infected and that then can cause an infection. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So th they're all over preventing infection is so good. And another source of infection, of course, is our nose. Um, so when I was being prepared, I thought that was very interesting. They had this like orange um, antiseptic type of uh, swab that they were swabbing the insides of my both nostrils. Because oh, wow. so that if I put my hand to my nostrils and then went down to the the wound, I wasn't transferring, you know, bacteria oh, or sneeze. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, so of course, then in recovery, so nice. Johnny was there beside me, uh, and uh, then my surgeon, the obstetrician, Doctor Crown, overcame and. Um, you know, he made me feel very relaxed and happy. I was completely relaxed. And then um, the anesthesiologist, Dr. Laura Levitt, she came, great, my friend as well. So it, it didn't feel perhaps the way like another person coming in, if you didn't know anybody in the hospital. Scary. Yeah. And you weren't used to being in a hospital, I'm sure that would be very scary. For me, I was with friends. I felt, you know, I felt really well looked after that's um, really lucky even the manager of the the or area she came and she's my friend like i know <laughs> her for years you know she was even doing the orange swabs uh, so then anyway uh, they said okay we're going to give you some medication um and you just relax and go to sleep and when you wake up it'll be all over and i'm still in the prep area and they, they gave me something into my IV and I just like, gone, yeah. just gone. And uh, I guess they wheeled me in. They did the surgery. Um, so they did it microscopically. Just three little uh, puncture areas in the abdomen, one through the belly button and two down near the lower abdomen groin area. Um, and... They're only about this size each, very, very tiny. And uh, and then, of course, dropped the, the uterus, ovaries, tubes, everything all in one piece through the vagina. Very amazing. Uh, oh. <laughs> I have a picture of it I should send you so you can attach it to this. Sure. <laughs> it looks like a dead chicken. Oh, no. <laughs> Does look Somebody said, that's like a dead chicken. I said, yeah, it does. But I had loads of fibroids in there. You could see where there was like a big fibroid and then a bunch of um, little fibroids. So, What are fibroids again? They're like growths that happen inside mm -hmm. in the uterus, um, but they're not cancerous growths. Okay. Uh, yeah. And sometimes uh, they bleed a lot. 
if they get very big, they can cause pain. And I think oh, I, wow. that they did cause me uh, some pain because now that they're gone, I don't have that kind of tense feeling there. So, mm. yeah, so that was interesting to see the picture. But once I woke up, of course, I wanted to get home. That's all I wanted to get out home go with Johnny. And um, I, I probably slept really deep you know, for a day or two uh, and then got up and was walking around, of course, within hours after the surgery. Um, but then tired, very tired for weeks afterwards. I was very tired. I mean, I was able to get out and go for my hikes and stuff, but not, you know, big hikes. Um, yeah. A mile or two. I mean, miles plenty. <laughs> yeah, right after surgery. I know, but it was that kind of surgery that you just feel so like normal, just tired. So, right. the, you know, I'm sure I had a little blood loss. Um, not much, I'm sure. But um, any kind of surgery, you're going to feel a bit tired. Uh, so I've been, you know, taking some multivitamins. I've been um, doing lots of yoga. And that's what you were really worried about you wouldn't yeah. be able to do your yoga yeah but. i i i'm i think i'm pretty much back to normal i'm able to do mm -hmm. back bends and like back bends i think are really important in life in general for everybody <laughs> everybody should do a back bend a day some kind of back bend to keep that spine going at, at class today i said that i said um, we are as young as our spine and one of the women <laughs> started laughing in the class she said tell that to my face <laughs> um, but yeah I can I can pretty much do what I could do before so now I get to build on that yeah. so yeah I'm happy about that continue on the journey that's good yeah so it went really well um yeah there was one part I was surprised that I was started to have hot flashes again um, mm. So that proved that, of course, my ovaries were still secreting a certain amount of estrogen. I was really surprised at that. So I I was taking a little estrogen before the surgery and I just uh, increased it a little bit. Interesting. So yeah. wait, you, you started getting the hot flashes before or after? Well, years ago when I started menopause, of course, I was having hot flashes, night sweats, mood swings, all of the joys of womanhood. And um, so I started taking a little hormone replacement. And uh, so now I just had to take a little extra uh, okay. estrogen. Yeah. So that helps. Yeah. So before the surgery, I was taking estrogen and progesterone because I had an, a uterus. So we take the progesterone to protect the uterus from developing cancer. If you're taking gotcha. if you're taking estrogen only, it's a dangerous uh, setup for the the uterus as you grow okay. older. But not but not now. Not for now. any other. Now I've stopped body. taking the progesterone and just taking a little estrogen. Not much, just a little bit. Um, and I feel great. <laughs> so if you, any of you girls listening to this, if you're on the fence about whether to do the surgery, you know, maybe just talk to your, whoever's going to do the surgery and see, you know, what options you have. And um, leading up to your surgery, take time to 
maybe lose weight if you need to and work out and do some pelvic floor work. And afterwards, if you're worried, there's pelvic floor physiotherapists. We have, of course, we have a, a really good podcast with Jen Evans, one mm-hmm. of the pelvic floor physiotherapists here in town. If you want to check that out. Um, so, yeah. Anything else you want to know about, Bridgie? Um, I don't know. I hadn't prepared anything specific, but I'm glad to hear that. I'm just glad to hear that it went well. Yeah. And it's good to see that it didn't, um, it didn't really detract for yeah. very long. Like you definitely yeah. had to take it easy, but yeah. I was really worried that you it would take you out for much much longer and then it might you know I I just know that you're a very busy body person and to not be able to work or do yoga or hike or any of the things that are important to you would probably take a toll so I'm glad we yes (laughs) we didn't have to to see that yes yeah yeah thanks darling and um so it reminded me of after having a baby you know after having a baby we always say don't make love uh, until you get checked by your doctor uh, to make sure everything's healed up in there. Um, so it's usually at the six-week checkup that they send you home to do whatever you want if everything's healed up. That's what I do. I check and I say, everything's back to normal. Go home and make your love to your husband if you want to. And you don't have to tell him that if you don't want to. <laughs> you can tell him, Sally said, wait. <laughs> wait longer because of course her mind might, might not be ready her vagina might be ready but her mind might need a little more time but um so it kind of reminded me of that um and you know uh, everything in that area is all back to normal as well so good yeah i'm glad yeah me too so johnny <laughs> <laughs> Take that bit out. (laughs) No. Um, Oh my God, everyone will know I make love. Oh my God, I'm a human being. (laughs) Just not me. Tell everybody except for me. Not listening. Tell them and I won't listen. (laughs) Um, You're so funny. What should I call it? The, The whole reason... It was preventative was because you had tested positive for the BRCA gene, right? Yes. And I guess my question would be, you know, that is the breast cancer and uterine ovarian potential, right? Thank you for that. Yes. But you have not yet done anything for, you know, breast (laughs) prevention. Do you think that's something that you would still consider or... Well, having the ovaries out does reduce that risk. Okay. So that's good. Um, So I'd probably have to go and see an oncologist. Um, Dr. Crownover strongly recommends that. He said I could stay on my estrogen if I promised to go and talk to that other doctor. Uh, So sorry, we're falling all over the place here. There we are. 
So I'll keep that promise and I'll let you know how that goes. In the meantime, I'm going to have a mammogram every year and they're also recommending an MRI every year. Yeah, so that will keep a really good eye so, on that. So in that case, like if there is something spotted, then you could do it then. Right. Yes. Rather than... Rather than to go and straight and do that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why the mastectomy would be... Uh, something I, I really wouldn't want to have rather than, you know, intra-abdominal surgery. Well, like, like, it's it's like a physical scene part of you that you'll see, yeah. even if other people don't see it. Yeah. That, like, I feel like would, at least personally, it would, it would be harder to do that than something that's interior because you don't, you don't see it. Like, right. you know, it might look yes. different than before, but you can't tell. Yes, um, right. I get mad with myself when I think about that kind of reasoning. It's a vanity thing, really, isn't it? But mm, but right now, I I'm think fine. I think it's could be it's hundred percent vanity, but also like you're naturally supposed to have them. So right. to not yes. and to have them be removed would also be yes unnatural and, too. Yeah. So so it's understandable to resist. Right. And yeah. Right. right. So um right now everything's great there. And if you have breasts, you should check them every month, do a little breast exam. <laughs> Just with the pads of your fingers, you know, check in under your arm, come down and check all the tissue, press the tissue back towards the, the wall, palpate and maybe make little circles and see if there's anything that feels different to the last time you did it. And you're looking for like hard, uh, irregular shaped uh, lump, maybe that seems to be attached to the chest wall. That's what we're always looking for. Sometimes you'll come across like little cysts, harmless cysts that might feel like a little ball or Breastfeeding moms sometimes feel tubules, but anything at all that feels different or unusual, just come to uh, your doctor's office and get checked and make sure that it's nothing right. to worry about. Sure. Yeah. Great advice. Most mostly when lumps are found that, uh, you know, are sinister, uh, are found by women themselves. They come mm. in and say, I found a lump or something's hurting or this doesn't look right. Mm -hmm. Other things they could look for, they could look for uh, an irregular shape. When they look at their breasts in the mirror, one breast might look unusually large or out of shape. Um, or the skin on one part of the breast can look dimpled like mm. the skin of an orange. That oh, could be a sign. Yeah. Or unusual discharge from the nipples is another sign. Lots of lots of potential. Lots, lots of things to look out for. Yeah. Check your titties. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So my sisters are now starting to get tested uh, for the BRCA gene. And uh, one of them ha has tested negative. One has tested positive. Uh, so she is now uh, going to arrange for a hysterectomy and oophorectomy. 
the one I had. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to see her next month. We're going home to Ireland. And we're yeah. going to have a big family reunion and have a big yeehaw. Yep. Yep. I wish I could join you. I wish you could. Come on. <laughs> it's hard to stop working. <laughs> oh, Bridgie. How's work going? It's been good. It's been just yeah. consistently busy. Yeah. So it's hard to even take a weekend off. <laughs> I know. As you know. But yes. Yes. Okay. I know. And both of us are so busy. It's so hard to find a time where we can connect like this, to have like a big chunk of time with no distractions and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so I know you've been telling me, go ahead, do it on your own. Um, so we might have to do that for a while. Um, I might uh, carry the this forward on my own but Bridget will be doing um the editing probably the not only but maybe just so you can do more episodes when I'm yes. not available yes you'll do them and then I'll I'll be here when I can that's great yes okay all right I hope you will be able to join us because it's not it won't be the same without you <laughs> <laughs> so um, as a young woman, um, now you're you're so lucky. You know your BRCA gene is negative, right? Thankfully, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, next week, I'm actually going to a lecture about uh, genetic testing. Um, mm -hmm. So there's a company that just does, you know, uh, women's health, like the BRCA gene, and then there's another company that's that this is the one I'm going to, um, the lecture, it's it's about all of the genetics that um, there's screening out there now that you could get screened for all the different cancers just with one blood test. Isn't that amazing? That is really good. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Of course, it's expensive. So that's the problem, you know. So the lady who was telling us about this, she came to our office, she's one of the vendors, and she was saying, you know, you could make a gift um, to a relative, you know, here's the gift of your complete genetic screen. Uh, wow. Yeah. That, yeah. That would be a brilliant idea, honestly. Yeah. I think uh, Dr. Diesfeld that I work with himself and his wife, they're going to exchange a gift of the, the oh. genetic screen. <laughs> How much is it, you think? It's over a $1,000. Oh, yeah. okay. I mean, that is, it's higher, but yeah, I think it is also not as high as I was expecting. I thought you might say like five grand or something. Yeah. But, but when you think about things like pancreatic cancer, uh, if you're able to, that's one of the ones they're able to pick up. Mm -hmm. And it, wouldn't it be great to, to know that you're at high risk of getting that? Yeah, that's actually it's, really amazing. Yeah, because usually when you have that, it's well into the cancer by the time it's discovered. Right. Yeah. Yeah, cancer isn't really? actually um, an area that I'm very fluent in, that it's, you know, something that I'm... I'm happy that I don't see too much of it, but I, um, I do know a little bit about it, but not as much as I would like, you know. So I want to educate myself more now. Good, 
Yeah. Oh, I mean, you've got your your wealth of knowledge with babies, so. There's babies. Any, any extra. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's just bonus. September's been so busy because it's nine months after Christmas and New Year's. So we have this big pile of babies, right? <laughs> because I guess they're very you know, sexy holidays, you know, people make love a lot during those holidays. <laughs> the weeks off. The of Christmas, work. the New Year's, um, 4th of July is another one, nine months after 4th of July, of course, Valentine's Day. And did I tell you one year we had a really busy night and we were like, what, what holiday was that? And it was St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> We didn't know we had a sexy holiday in Ireland, but there you are. <laughs> it's the holidays where people drink more. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Then everybody is sexy. <laughs> so thank you guys for for listening or watching. Um We'll do our best to put out some more episodes coming yes. soon. Um, if you like this one, please share it or like it. Give us a comment or suggestions and questions for future episodes. And uh, we'll see you in the next one. Yes. And, and I have a few ladies who want to talk to me about their traumatic birth experience. And I think that, uh, that it will help other women who've had traumatic births and also uh, we'll pick up a few tips on how to prevent uh, having a traumatic birth so that's coming down the pipeline amazing yeah. don't forget to subscribe all right thanks a million for being there thanks Bye. so thanks again for listening we really appreciate it and um, if you like what we're doing, give us a bit of a review on Apple. That would help us so much. And um, if you come across a subscribe button, press the subscribe button. It doesn't cost you anything.